welcome to a new episode of A Fire Inside Out. I'm Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by one Jeff Cork. Hello. This is a special episode. This is a very, very special episode. So buckle up for this is kind of the potpourri episode. It is a little bit. That's very true. So what we're covering this time around is the primarily it's their live concert. I heard a voice, which released as a DVD in December of 2006, Mm -hmm. and then early in 2007 they released the audio version, but. Who wants to listen to that? You had to buy both and synchronize them when the lion roared, right? Correct. Yeah, it was a very rare release with the DVD where there's absolutely no audio allowed on it. And so for months, people choice. would just watch that and kind of try and guess what song he was playing based on his facial expression. he's mouthing World War II is very important to me. <laughs> I can't be certain. Great. Uh, there's also some odds and ends that we're going to get to, which we should probably get to ahead of time before we so? actually get to yeah, the so heart what, of this whole episode. So what are you suggesting, Ben Hansen? All right. First of all, I want to quickly point out that around this era, like the 2006-2007 era of AFI, uh, AFI made its only uh, appearance on Saturday Night Live on really? January 20th, 2007. Who hosted? Jeremy Piven. Interesting. Uh, I couldn't find the episode, but I could find the little promos that they shot for it. Yeah. So it's like Jeremy Piven and Kristen Wiig and frickin' AFI uh standing around and it's is it one of those awkward ones where everyone's just kind of shuffling a little bit well the band's doing a very good job at like keeping a straight face and Mm -hmm. you can see davy really pushing his acting chops to a limit there while like kristen wiggs being silly and stuff and they make a joke about how uh kristen wiggs says that the band afi and kristen herself are kind of like the entourage for jeremy piven ah and and hunter just loses it he cracks up over and over again (laughs) that's not true (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then also in this era, AFI does a cool cover of Ziggy Stardust, which I like a lot. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Cork. I did. You sent me a link. You, did you like the version I of it? it? I loved it. Well, there we go. Davey really, really gets into it. But yeah, it's, he's, it's, he's sitting in a chair because it's kind of an acoustic thing. Yeah, you can feel the love pouring from that dude. So it gets as, as far into it as you can get into anything while you're seated. <laughs> well, as we learned from the Miss Murder video, you can get pretty dancey while sitting down on a desk. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's true. Uh, now we're getting to the hard-hitting stuff, because recently oh. in our timeline, in our timeline, uh, there was a certain interview that was conducted, which is fascinating and strange, and Jeff Cork is the expert on this front. Oh my goodness, I'm the expert on this front. Well, who, what are we talking about here? Well, so there's the profile of a local resident, as we all are in our own various localities, but uh-huh. in the Anderson Valley advertiser paper which is your most hard-hitting afi news yeah and this is a little profile on resident uh penny marchand uh marshall no oh and i probably butchered that last thing it's two syllables so i mean what am i to do uh also known as sir davy havoc's mother isn't that sweet yeah and she is could not be more proud of her son. <laughs> it is it is the greatest thing. And it's got a big picture of her, and she's beaming, and she has, like, a big necklace and glasses. And what she sh- just seems like... Does she look like stereotypical mother? Is she wearing a lot of makeup? What, what's she looking like here? She looks like just a great mom. All right. I mean, I know I'm painting a really vivid image there. Kind of shortish, graying, reddish, brownish hair. Does she look like a fucking squirrel to you? Uh, she has a uh, prominent teeth. She's <laughs> halfway up a tree. Uh, and that's actually not a necklace. It's a acorn that she's holding in her tiny paws. So I may have actually done a printed out Wikipedia page for the squirrel. 
But anyway, can I tell you some yeah. highlights from this thing? I want to know it's quite all about long. it. I haven't read it. Um, so anyway, um, uh, she says that the time David was born, I'm paraphrasing here, there weren't rock stars really. They had good lead singers, but the term rock star wasn't something that was in use. And then little did she know, this is a quote, her sweet, innocent baby boy who would eventually take the stage of Davey Havoc would actually one day be referred to as a rock star. Sweet baby boy. It's still hard for me to believe, and there are many times I keep it to myself. It can be a lot to carry and a lot to take in. The next paragraph, here comes the yeah. big money shot. I'm ready, Mom. Raising Havoc is not what I anticipated. Oh, God, what a headline. Uh, Davy Havoc, that is. No, she didn't say that. But. So it's just an entire interview of her being like, I just love him. He's doing so well. Oh, yeah, it's great. There's some um, some details about how um, his father, uh, her husband, died when he was five that seems from to, cancer. That seems crucial, and I had no idea that happened. Yeah, and but fortunately, uh, she was very close with her parents, and they kind of stepped in, and uh, he had a really great relationship with his grandfather, who was in a, a barbershop quartet. And, this is all great like, stuff. Introduced, basically, she says that like musical influences kind of came from, from there, and she says, I would hand David a wooden spoon that my mother used to stir the pasta sauce with, and he would use it as a microphone and belt out uh, the song Mr. Moon. That started when he was about three. My parents and my extended family always encouraged him, and the wooden spoon came out of the sauce and into David's hands a lot. My uncles would often slip him a 50-cent piece or a dollar bill after a rendition of Mr. Moon. Oh, God. Mr. Oh, Moon. <laughs> he was really into moons, remember, in his music and stars. That's true. They introduced the sky to him, I think, basically. <laughs> and here's some AFI symbology, though, for reals. Okay. A few years later on his eighth birthday, she remarried and... Uh, and uh, after a few years later, after on his eighth birthday, we gave him a baby brother, and no, he was not thrilled about getting a brother for his birthday. All he wanted at the time was a pet rabbit. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah. What? And he heard... wanted three of them, and he wanted them kind of arranged in this weird yin yang. Right. Position. Right. And placed down face first in the snow. Yeah. Uh. So I heard that in that she refers to the band as asking for it. Yeah, that's in a little bit, actually. She says that um, her friend, he and his friends, Mark and Victor, talked about starting a band. They didn't own any instruments or play instruments. Uh, Adam had the drum set, so he could actually play them. So uh, he would be the singer. Remember the wooden spoon? So for fun, the heck of a band was formed. They called themselves AFI Code for Asking For It. Oh, definitive. There we go, everybody. Later to become AFI Fire Inside. It says, this is the best part of the whole thing, in my opinion. The boys wrote all their own songs, most of which were social commentaries like, Mini Trucks Suck. <laughs> <laughs> social commentary. <laughs> mini Trucks Suck. We imparted those words on him from a very young age. <laughs> no Mini Trucks. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just, it's, it's worth reading, um, and we'll do a link to it in their post. Sure, yeah, we'll try and remember Why that. Why not? I'll probably forget already. But then she just talks about, like, Kind of him growing up, and he was kind of a weird kid, but uh -huh. like, I think he was kind of embracing his weirdness. But then she just talks about as a parent what it was like to go. Like in one instance, they go to dinner, and uh, at the time he was in college, and he was on the dean's list, and people started kind of looking at him, and like the chef comes out of the kitchen to look at him and laugh, and 
just real. Yeah. And just, she was just talking about like how awful that was. And then he says he was going to drop out of college and how awful that was for her. Yeah. Um, and it concludes saying that she attends many of their shows and in each performance, David does this thing where he walks off the stage across the top of the crowd and the fans literally hold him, raise him up, stopping my breath. And we dance, we all dance, we all dance as we all join in raising havoc. That's so sweet. Yeah. Also, I think that'll tie into something that we're going to talk about later with the I Heard a Voice concert, because it sounds very familiar. It really does. To something that occurs. But we should get really to the that hard That explains all the stuff. crowd shots of his mom. Yeah, I thought that, that was a real glaring part DVD. of that concert DVD. Yeah. Uh, the real star around the 2007 era isn't Davey Havoc's mom, even though I'm sure she was doing great during that era. And it's not the audio release of I Heard a Voice. It is... Something which I just stumbled across, which is Hunter Bergen, the bassist YouTube account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sent some to Kirk. So it's Tranquil Mammoth. And you could say, like, oh, how do you know for sure it's his? But he has posted a lot of videos throughout his history of him just kind of interviewing himself. And it feels kind of, I don't know, PewDiePie-esque. It's kind a, of viney. Yeah, it's surprisingly obnoxious uh, throughout <laughs> the entire thing. And it just... It drove home a part of Hunter's personality that I never really had a grasp around, which is just really hammy, really jokey, not great jokes. (laughs) But they're like, it's total like dad humor, which is kind of fun in a way. Like in one of them, he's at the La Brea Tar Pits. Yeah. And he turns to the camera and says, hey, this place is the pits. And then walks away. There it is, everybody. <laughs> uh, he also has like, some really simple animations. There's Abraham drinking, <laughs> where he talks about being so drunk and then he gets assassinated. Uh, he does this weird thing where he pretends like Bruce Lee is interviewing him. So he like dubs over Bruce Lee in a very obnoxious voice and then answers the questions. Mm-hmm. He also does like a huge uh, Q&A thing, which I haven't dove all the way through yet. I think I'll have to do that at some point. Um, but... It seems like it's cut in such a quick way that I can't imagine it's too enlightening. It seems like more it's just kind of jokey questions and answers to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely check out Tranquil Mammoth as a YouTube account uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about what Hunter's all about. See, because it's the thing, like being exposed to their music only, I think like a lot of people that listen to bands, sure, you just don't get a full picture of what they're like. Even when you watch the concert video, you see like some things mm-hmm. which we'll get into. But by and large, it's like, Oh, this is a guy who plays the bass for a band that's kind of self-serious. Right, right. right. And then to see him make a joke that even if, like, it came across my brain at the La Brea Tar Pits, I would, like, stuff it down really deep. (laughs) You would post (laughs) it to to your YouTube channel? For him to, like, do it, like, post it on YouTube. I think it was really great. They're basically vines. There's a ton of little short videos that are just, like, 10-second films, which I guess now we would just call vines. But he really, he beat the whole vine craze to the punch. With that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Adam Carson's YouTube channel, Guy Normal, where he's just doing a puppet show for <laughs> three hours. Right? Uh, you want to dive into this whole concert, DVD? Yeah, let's dive into it. All right. First impressions. What do you What do you think when you see this thing boot up? When I see it boot up. <laughs> um, My first words were, oh, suspenders. He went with suspenders. Because the, the band is all, let's set the stage. Yeah. There's a stage, and there are some trees in the background. Right. Like, they're all, like... 
defoliated. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of sticks that are kind of in a tree shape, but they have like Christmas lights on, right? It's all winter themed. It's yeah. sticking with December Underground. It's right after that release. Because you're not a Halloween band, so that you don't <laughs> you don't expect any jack-o'-lanterns or Look as hard cobwebs. as you want to over there. There's none falling from the ceiling or nothing. No, the the climax, it's not like a skeleton <laughs> comes down on a string and glides across the arena to the cheers. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That image really cracks me up for some reason. <laughs> like the, it's like, yeah, they hold the note and then like a skeleton it kind of squeaks down into the audience on a string and everyone's quiet. Stops about halfway, swings. Guy with a stick comes out to try and push it to get it moving. <laughs> House lights are up. People go to their cars silently. Okay. So anyway, they're not a Halloween band, so that does not happen. Try it as much as I wanted it to happen. Uh, so anyway. Uh, they're all on stage. They're all wearing white. Yeah. But it's not like a uniform of white. Like Jade, I think, is wearing like a little tiny polo shirt that's buttoned up to the top. Yeah. Davey's wearing kind of, uh, it's got, does it have sleeves? If it has sleeves, it has, they're like micro like, sleeves. Well, right? it has like wedding dress, I don't know, lace, I guess you'd call it sleeves. But I think those are just like, like those carpal tunnel bracelets that are made out of lace, right? Those aren't attached to a shirt. Maybe not. They're like glove things. Okay, yeah. I, I don't understand fashion. Pants. He also has uh, pink, pink eye, eye, eye paint. Yeah. And <laughs> black suspenders. Yeah. And Guy Normal is just wearing white jeans and a oh, white <laughs> and <shirt>. jeans. <laughs> jeans with like some syrup stains on them. <laughs> Whatever. I ate the whole thing. T-shirt. <laughs> just like Waffle House. <laughs> I mean, they made him turn it inside out before the concert. That's it. So... Just to and the bass players just wearing like just regular white stuff, right? Regular white stuff. Uh, should we? How do you want to break this down? Do you going song song by song for this might be a little bit strange. Maybe just the stuff that stood out to you. Were there certain tracks that really stood out to you that you were shocked that they played? This is such a weird one to talk about, though, honestly, yeah. because it seems like um they were remarkably faithful to the album versions of every song. Yeah, it's for not sure. Like I was expecting some kind of crazy fish super long jam sesh or anything like that yeah but they didn't do anything aside from davy would hold the mic out and the crowd would finish a line yeah which is expected in a live performance that's true there are a couple of very small uh moments that he would change around yeah the stuff like in this time in perfect he added this line it's like a little whisper where he just goes I think I'm going to crash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just weird stuff like that. Where every yeah. once in a while, there's a small alteration where it's just like, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if they tried doing that version of the recording session or just grew up naturally through the live tour. Maybe they did it. The engineer was just like pretending that he was recording that part. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to crash. That was great. Yeah. Also, I think a big difference was like the Days of the Phoenix uh, that they played. He didn't really whisper the like, Everyone was dancing. Like mm-hmm. that whole breakdown part where like in yeah. the music video there's like multiple Davies. It was a little bit more of singing in that. Yeah. Um also something really interesting is, you know, there's a lot of tracks from December Underground, a lot of tracks from uh Sing the Sorrow on mm-hmm. here. A couple old ones that obviously I think are the most fun. And the introductions to kind of the older songs, it's always this kind of elaborate drum yeah. uh session. Not quite crazy solo, but mm-hmm. here, let's just boot one up for like Days of the Phoenix. Here's, okay. here's what it sounds like here. So at this point, you have no idea what this is yet. People are into it, though. Well, this is when the skeleton's coming out. Yeah. Okay, here's here's the drums. Just like, I don't 
really recognize the swing of this. Looks like I, you could kind of see mm -hmm. it being Days of the Phoenix if you read too much into it, but I'm sure the crowd's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. Also, for another one of their older songs. I uh, believe this is the one that everything kind of falls apart at the end, too, right? Like, is this where he gets like a little Sir David bit. David throws himself into the drum set. No, I don't think so. Is that one? You know what I'm talking about? At the no. end, where he's, it maybe doesn't throw himself. It was like leaning into it. Okay, and it seems like things kind of derail. Like the bassist is singing, and he's not doing a super spectacular job of staying in key. And really, yeah. I guess I guess that didn't stand out to me too much. But also, here is their live version of Total Immortal, which also has that drum solo. So it's just interesting they tease out the older content like mm -hmm. this. Maybe just kind of build up some mystery around it because they, maybe they don't see it as quite as exciting. I don't know. Let's wait for this baby to kick in. As far as the sound, mm -hmm. like I love that they do these old songs, and I do think they all sound surprisingly good. People always give Davey crap for like, oh, just scream like you used to. Yeah. But I think, honestly, I think the weakest sounding song is the first one, which is Prelude 1221. Mm -hmm. uh, this, his singing there doesn't quite do it for me. But then after that, I think he does an absolutely awesome job. Yeah. Uh, the most notable track. I don't know. Is there, I'll, before I say mine, is there one for you, Cork? No. Okay, it all seemed about right. Did you have, I mean, since you're pretty fresh to all this, as they were going through, did you kind of have in your mind, like, oh, yeah, I think that's an older one, I think that's a newer one? Were you yeah. able to, like, roughly place all this stuff? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, it was pretty clear that they were, like, super keen on playing their newer stuff. Yeah, so I actually have the full breakdown here, which, if you want to get mathematical and nerdy about it. Oh, that's what you were... I was counting this up earlier, and you were like, doing why it... are you mouthing numbers? Yeah, you sound like a crazy guy. Yeah, so December Underground, they played seven tracks, Sing the Sorrow, seven tracks. Art of Drowning, one track. Black Sails, one track. All Hollows, one track. And then Shut Your Mouth, one track. Mm -hmm. And the Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes is the track that is my favorite off of this whole live performance. I absolutely love that they had this up their sleeve, but let's take a listen to this. Up their lacy sleeve. <laughs> we have an additional special moment for each and every one of you. You look under your seats. <laughs> you guys remember 1997 at all? <laughs> <laughs> No, Davey, don't do it. Didn't care for the scream in the beginning. No. Uh, but I love that they do single second and bring Nick mm -hmm. 13 out there. Even though, like, in the video version, they really don't give him... Like, it's not like a grand entrance. Yeah. He announces it as if it is, and the camera doesn't really catch it. He's just kind of suddenly there. Yep. And he's wearing black. He's wearing black. He seems... A little bit confused, a little bit distant. Here's what it sounds like. 
This is I love that they bring him out for the one time and then he's like awkwardly he's like, Alright, thanks everybody and then runs away. Uh but still super cool. I wish all concerts had that one good surprise moment where they bring out a special guest like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and then and then after he runs off, uh Davy Havoc addresses the crowd and he goes, Nick thirteen from Tiger Army, everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what more needs to be said? Yep. Old fans, are you happy? You guys cool? We're doing all right now? You remember any other years? Yeah. What'd you think of Davy's lack of banter or just uh his his stage presence? I have to say, he is a beautiful man. Oh, interesting. You've yeah. never addressed that before. Yeah. I think it was like, this is probably a sign of getting older. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I spend a lot of time when I, with other parents. It's, God, I hate this term, but it, it is increasingly more accurate as my kids get into this stupid activity is like soccer moms. Okay. And there's a very particular style of soccer mom, like the cooler ones. And <laughs> Dave Havoc of in this era is I like there is if there's a Venn diagram, it's almost like an eclipse. He has like the same haircut as like cool soccer moms do now. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very I mean, this was years ago that he had stumbled upon that, right? Right. And Jade has the haircut that like grandma's had like four or five years ago like older ladies had <laughs> that haircut sure i think that's i'm fair. really in tune with haircuts of older ladies yeah apparently. well you gotta it's think about something during all those soccer matches i understand it's a, just yeah memorizing haircuts yeah i thought i thought this whole live concert did a really good job of showing off how nice of a guy davy is and presumably the entire band didn't because at one point does need to like he's messing around with the microphone and it doesn't seem like it's working out, and he like has like a kind of a sheepish grin for like a second. <laughs> Could be, and it was great. I, I he seems like he's having a super super fun time. Yeah, like when the crowd's really into it, he always kind of gives like a look of like genuine surprise. Like, yeah, oh, and he thanks them repeatedly. Yeah, he does a thing where he takes a while to address the crowd because they dive right into like Prelude twelve twenty one, and then Girls Not Gray. Yeah, uh, and then it is until like the fourth song. Yeah, during Summer Shutter, mm-hmm. uh, where he finally says hello to Long Beach. Yeah, reminds them all that they're being filmed. Which is, I don't know, just, you can prep the crowd ahead of time, like, let your other bands do that, you know, but the, with the headliner, you don't want to be constantly reminded that, like, eh, they're trying to energize the crowd. Yeah, exactly. And also, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to me that right after they finish Death of Seasons, yes, the crowd starts chanting, uh, through our bleeding, we are one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's right before Total Immortal, and so to have, like, that old school chant right before one of the old school songs yeah it's like maybe they prompted that a little bit or maybe they just let it rest for like a minute and waited for the crowd to kind of get into it first just so it would make a cleaner segue it's a conspiracy theory that's probably super not true but something that stood out to me yeah it didn't really stand out to me at all yeah i liked uh jade and i'm clearly davy and jade are best buds mm-hmm. but there is a lot in this live concert of jade like kind of like running over next to Davey or kind of like <laughs> yeah. not exactly grinding on him, but just kind of like, hey, I can get the shot too, kind of like rubbing his back close to him. And oh, like, Davey never really plays back. He doesn't really like... I noticed that. Yeah, like he, like you think that he's like, hey, give me some of that sweet mic too. I want to yeah. do some harmonies with you. And Dave is just not giving it up. Yeah, maybe they were fighting that day. <laughs> I don't know. A brutal, brutal, bitter debate between them. I don't know what's yeah. going on. And then Jade, <laughs> he always like spins away in like a little circle yeah. he does so much spinning they do so much spinning and it's funny too because with the live concert i mean maybe they're just a very spinny band but 
it reminds me of like the days of the Phoenix video where there's some speed like spinning there. And then also they do this annoying thing where they're constantly changing the speed uh, with the concert DVD. Oh, so yeah. like certain shots are slowed down or yep. sped up, kind of like the days of the Phoenix video, mm-hmm. if they are in fact getting back to that. I noticed speaking of just the actual editing and whatnot and the camera work, there's one moment where the camera zooms on beat. Mm-hmm. Where it like pauses on a beat and it continues zooming on a beat. And I thought that was really cool to have yeah. the cameraman actually in line with what the music's going to sound mm-hmm. like. It's pretty rare for a concert DVD. Yeah, I wonder if they regret the positioning of Guy Normal. Like they could have moved him over to the side because he's in almost every shot. Yeah. And I know that he's kind of like the band's dirty secret. He's just like. Well, in the beginning during Prelude, when like the beat kicks in and the whole curtain dropped to reveal mm-hmm. the band, everyone went crazy. When that curtain dropped, another curtain should have just dropped right behind the three. Just right in front of Adam. You get the idea. Well, they could have had like a rotating platform that just turned it so his back was to the the crowd. Good work. With the stage presence, they're very spinny. Mm -hmm. And also, they all really like pointing. A lot of jumping. There's a lot of jumping and pointing to the air. Yeah, for sure. I think what happens, too, is that when... The Sir David Havoc buys new monitor amps uh-huh. for the band. The first thing he does is he removes the sticker that says "Not a Step" because he's <laughs> constantly perched on top of it and like popping a squat, <laughs> and, like getting close to the crowd. Yeah, kind of well, stuff. I mean, then during "God Called Sick" today, which is like the encore, uh, he does the thing which we referenced earlier from his mom, where he walks out into the crowd. Which I think it's just awesome, and then the crowd mm-hmm. fully supports him as he's standing there. Yeah. Uh, and then he just yells, sing, and then collapses into the crowd as they go nuts. Like, it's still, it's cool. I like that he still has that hardcore roots edge. It's kind of the punk rock uh, lineage, I guess, where they're, him in particular is just very comfortable in the middle of a mosh pit in the crowd or just interacting with the fans quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really, really fun to see. And also, Dancing Through Sunday, he, he gives a little speech. Uh, actually, let's just play it right now. All other unique circumstances aside... Beyond Nick 13 joining us, beyond the filming, beyond Seosin joining us. Truly and sincerely, thank you so much to each and every one of you for coming tonight. And joining us for our largest headlining show to date and making it possible. Truly, we love you all. And we dance. Overall, I think it's a really good concert. I'm glad they captured it all on film in this yeah. kind of this era of AFI. Absolutely, and I, like for banter, I appreciate minimal banter and what there is being like very heartfelt and sincere, mm-hmm. rather than like, "Hey, who wants to get." F- <laughs> something stupid like that you know yeah that'd be shocking coming from davy i think yeah uh yeah i don't know I, like i think of the bands i've seen live and modest mouse is always the most distant band mm-hmm. it'll be like four or five songs in before isaac rocks like hey hey how you doing and then that's about it yeah <laughs> that's the worst isaac rock <laughs> hey folks how you doing what's going on here <laughs> sorry i couldn't i was trying to do the list isaac de niro <laughs> uh i don't know do you have like a favorite uh concert or band to see live because of the banter or the stage presence or anything um i really like craig finn from lifter puller and hold steady okay because he's kind of a weirdo he's like kind of like does a lot of like mincing and prancing and like he's like a shameless mugger 
okay. which I, I really enjoy because it's super funny how he does it. And like he's that. having a really fun time and he's kind of being silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get a kick out of that. Uh, did Davey do enough prancing about for you? No. Okay. I could have, I could have used more. Yeah. Need some more mugging. Yeah. I think of like, I saw me first and then Gimme Gimme's at Triple Rock. Ah, I wish I could see them. In Minneapolis a while ago. And that was probably my favorite because like, I'm a big Bad Astronaut fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Joey Cape, who was the guitarist in me first, he was kind of off to like one side of the stage. Yeah. And everybody else was on the other. And it was just turned into like this weird divide where they were trying on one side of the stage to like just dick around with the crowd and be super goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joey Cape would just like had like a small conversation going with like everybody down on that side of the stage. <laughs> and like it's a, such a small venue that you're just right there talking to Joey Cape. And every once in a while they'd be like, what's going on over there? What are you, what are you talking about over there? <laughs> this weird breakdown after so many of the songs. But I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so much when fun. When was that? Oh, man. That's probably... That's probably like six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. Oh. Yeah, it was a while ago, but it was absolutely fantastic. Next time they come to town, which will probably be never, let's make a pact. We'll go see them together. That sounds great. Uh, so I did see AFI during this era. Really? Uh, yeah, they went to, I think it was The Quest in Minneapolis. And so I pulled out the set list. Uh-huh. Uh, this is like a tour they did with Dillinger Escape Plan okay. uh, back in 2006. But I was looking at that set list compared to what they actually locked down uh, during the concert here. And... It's pretty similar. Uh, back the live show I saw, they also played Ever in a Day from Art of Drowning, which mm-hmm. I love. Despair Factor, which I also love. Uh, and then the encore was God Called and Sick Today. And then they closed with Total Immortal, nice. which I don't remember it exactly, but I'm sure it was just absolutely fantastic for me. Do you remember if they were like the same kind of stage setting and were they all wearing white? Yeah, I remember they were definitely all wearing white. Black suspenders? Uh, I'm sure. I guess I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure that was definitely in there. What do you think about bands and kind of the automatic encore or the implied encore? I think the encore is the pits. <laughs> oh, the Hunter Bergen, everybody. Pits. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I I hate it because everyone knows what's going on. I wish that people would, like the band would just go, here's the deal. I'm going to wipe our gross faces off with towels real quick, and we're going to get a drink of water. Mm-hmm. We'll hold our hands st- so they remain on the stage so you see we're there. But to do the whole... Like, especially you go to, like, First Ave yeah. in Minneapolis, and you see a show there, and you can see them, kind of, depending on where you're standing. Uh-huh. Like, I see you. You're just right there. You're not but fooling. Everyone's gone to a concert before. Everyone knows how it is. But at the same time, I we also... We understand object permanence. Yeah. I know you're still there, Peekaboo. The best part, though, of First Ave, though, is, like, when they're done, they, like, drop a screen and the yep. lights are up. So you know that, okay, no more... No more chanting through or bleeding. We are one over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. You're just wasting your back. time, folks. Yeah. No, that's nice. I wish more bands would be risky about it, too, about like they really need to make a stink and create an uproar in order to come back out. Mm-hmm. If it's not to a certain level, we're just going to stay back here. Yeah. They should have like a meter on the stage and like you get the needle moving. Why can't bands get on the same page? What happened to the – just call each other up. Yeah. Figure this – how hard we, can it be? Yeah. I, I hate on cars. <laughs> I really do. Well, you seem like the kind of guy who just wants to go home and go to bed at that point. Yeah, and we're wasting valuable song time by standing here like a bunch of apes <laughs> yelling and <laughs> clapping our hands together to make sounds. The whole process is stupid. <laughs> Seriously. I don't I don't consider Joe Rogan a genius. I think he's a, a well-spoken person. But I remember at one point I heard him say, like, because we're talking about, uh, I don't know, sociology or something. And he uh, he made the point on one of his podcasts where he's like, just don't forget that we're all just talking apes. That's all that's going on here. We're just a bunch of talking monkeys. Mm-hmm. 
And I really like that perspective. Yeah. And so I like it when you bring it up for people just standing around clapping. Like if you I just go, don't like to be reminded of it, maybe that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. It'll really get you to your core when you realize it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> Make sound I like. Joe Rogan, everybody. So uh next episode. Yeah. I'm excited, man. We're diving back in. We got two albums left. Do this we? is the penultimate oh, album oh, yeah, section. So next next episode, mm-hmm. uh, next Monday, we're going to be dissecting Crash Love from 2009. And you've heard that one and a half times. Yeah, good memory. Yeah, I'm really excited to to give it to really focus on it. You're going to put it at least two listens. I here here's where I am with Crash Love. It's been six years since it came out. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I could not name one song off that album. Really? Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. So I'm looking forward to having my memories jogged and to really go in with a fresh perspective on this thing. So I could almost relabel this and give it to you and say, hey, AFI just released a new album and you, there's a pretty good chance you'd be like, ah, okay. Yeah. And then it listeners, Butterballs, c***. Jesus. But yeah, so stay tuned for next week's episode uh, where we go over Crash Love. Yeah. And, and people are leaving comments and whatnot now because we're actually live. Well, yeah, it's a confusing timeline, but basically we had it all chambered uh, uh-huh. so that people couldn't spoil Cork's uh, interpretation of the band up until about December Underground, which is probably the biggest transition period. Yeah. Uh, so in our timeline, we just posted the first timeline. episodes. Uh, so we're starting to get feedback. And thank you so much. Thank you so much to like AFI News Headquarters, who's been super sweet in helping promote and get it out to the hardcore AFI community. And people have been super nice. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. So keep those comments coming, and we'll try and do you proud. And we're incorporating all the feedback, right? Every scrap of it. So what's the feedback? Yeah, that hooked me up. Uh, let's see. They say that... Do I need uh, to shut it? Is that ultimately what's going on here? Shut your mouth. You got it. Uh, no, not much. They, they, a lot of people are saying... Um, there's small stuff like on Ants That and Stay Fashionable, there was a cover that we didn't address as a cover, and I talked about how weird Davy's singing was, and that's because it was another singer coming in to guest during the chorus so uh-huh. i completely blew that and also like the fire inside thing a lot of people are saying that it was asking for it and kind of there's a there's a passionate subsect of afi fans that are really like obsessed with the idea that it was not a fire inside until a certain point they lied yep. or they twisted it or they're kind of retconning the whole thing i have to say this is a great position to be in though because it's like being in a car that's been pulled over by the accuracy police and mm-hmm. i'm just in the passenger seat that's right <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm yeah. supposed to be stupid. Yeah, I don't even have to show you my ID, technically. Well, if anybody wants to correct Cork on uh, the article of Davy's mother that he read earlier in the episode, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. All right, but stay tuned yes. uh, next week where we cover Crash Love. And until then, AF Bye. AF bye.